Hello, this is episode two. In this episode, I'll be sharing the second of my first four questions, which I believe are the best way to get started on your renovation or building project. Did you miss the first question? Well, head back now to the previous episode to listen. Otherwise, stay tuned as I share question two with you. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. In the last episode, I shared the first four questions that every project needs to start with in order to go well. In my experience, these four questions apply whatever your dreams, location or budget. I also took you through in detail how to answer the first question, what would you like to do? We talked about reframing that question as what are you seeking to achieve? And we also talked about understanding the why behind what you're seeking to achieve. When you work on your answer to this question, it's a fantastic and powerful way to get clarity on your project. It also provides a place to return to if you're finding decisions overwhelming and finding that things are running away from you. It's what helps simplify your choices and maintain your sanity. In this episode, let's talk about question two. This question is, what are you allowed to do? More specifically, it's, what does your local authority or council say you're allowed to do? Council rules, regulations, what's allowed and what isn't, all these things can seem like a complete minefield to many homeowners. This question, along with the budget question, they can be a complete dampener on your plans if you let them. But I promise you, it doesn't have to be like that. It helps to understand some of the terminology, what will apply to your project and what won't, and then you can find a pathway through the maze. And sometimes you will just need professional help to translate it all for you and argue your case. Look, getting professional help, it can sometimes be the difference between your dreams becoming a reality or not happening at all. The way I like to think about it is this. If you're playing a new game, you'll want to find out the rules first because then you can shape your strategy about how to win that game in the fastest, simplest way, about how to really enjoy playing that game. And sometimes a coach or a trainer will be your best ticket in order to make that happen. And finding out the rules for your home and getting approval for your project, it's really no different. When you don't find these rules out first, you can waste a lot of time, money and effort in creating a design that may or may not even get approved. If you're working on the assumptions from what your neighbours have done, you may find that rules have changed since they did their project. Or you may actually find that you're limiting what you can or want to do under the false belief that you can't get approval for what you'd really love to do. When you find out the rules early, before you even start designing, it can shape the strategy for your design. You may find that with some simple tweaks to your plans, you can actually reduce the amount of time that your approval will take. You can find sometimes even that you'll be able to skip council approval altogether. So unless you find out the rules first, you'll never be able to unlock that information for your home and your project. Firstly, let's talk about which rules. This is where we'll look at planning rules versus building rules and regulations. You confused? Well, let me explain. 
There are rules that are set by the state government and your local council. These rules, they relate to planning legislation or planning rules, and they exist to manage and control the type of buildings and homes in your area, wherever you are. These rules basically determine how our suburbs and our streets will look. They look at things like how closely the homes are allowed to be to each other, how big they can be, what they can look like, what materials they can use, how they can be arranged, and how they can impact each other. And they'll also look at what other types of buildings and facilities are allowed to go into your area. These rules are arranged into various what's known as planning codes. Each code will deal with an individual category or a specific issue. So looking at things like the environment, bushfire protection, heritage conservation, and things like that. There can be some flexibility with how closely you follow these rules. Pushing council rules and still getting approval can be tricky. It is possible though, but I wouldn't do it without the help from an experienced town planner. I'll include a link in the show notes for some information that you can read to get tips if you want to push your council rules with your project. As well as council rules, there are building rules that determine how your project can be constructed. These rules and regulations operate at a national level in Australia, and then they have local variations. These rules are our building codes, our construction codes, and our Australian standards, and they're intended to keep us safe and well in the built environment that we occupy. Compliance with these rules has very little flexibility. What I mean is that regardless of what you build, you need to meet these rules. Look, there is a little room for interpretation, but not a lot. And you'll need expert help with navigating that if that's what you're trying to do. Remember, this is about keeping you and everyone else who is in or near your home safe. So rules are going to be important. Now, what type of approval will you need for your project? There are a few approaches when it comes to considering what rules will apply to your project. And this then sets the path that you'll have to take in order to get it approved. In some councils, There's work that you can do in a renovation or a new building project without needing any council approval at all. And each state and council has its own rules about what fits into this category. It's specific to your area because honestly, it can vary as much as sometimes, you know, people will be allowed to add a small shed in their back garden without any approval. And sometimes they can build an entire house without any approval. And that's going to come down to your council and your area. Some councils will call this exempt development or they'll call it self-assessable. And you'll find what fits into those categories usually listed on your local council's website. Try not to get lost in the terminology. Just look for those terms exempt development or self-assessable. What it means is that you won't need council approval at all and that you can skip straight through to building approval. So check with your council if the work that you're planning might fit into those categories. Secondly, some types of work will still need council approval, but can be fast-tracked through external consultants. So in New South Wales, this is known as a complying development certificate. In Queensland, it's known as the risk smart process. And in Victoria, it's a building permit. And other areas in Australia will have similar processes where you can achieve these types of approvals. So you'll still have to follow certain rules, but if your home can achieve this type of approval, then it's much faster and it's often at a lower cost as well. Thirdly, there are projects that will require full council approval. This is called a development approval and you'll have to lodge a development application in order to achieve it. And what happens here is that council planners 
in-house council planners will review and assess your development application and then they'll decide whether or not it gets approval. Depending on where you live and what you're wanting to do for your project, council will need to follow certain protocol. This may include sending letters to all your neighbours. In some projects, your neighbours will actually get the opportunity to lodge objections. uh, Sometimes you'll get council visit your project and your your home to see the impact that what you're planning to do has on your neighbour and on the street. And this will all depend on where you live, the rules of your council and what your project involves. So how do you work through all these rules? Well, many councils have all of the information that you need available online for you to review. Some councils will have interactive mapping and you can literally just type in your address and then you can see all the various planning rules that will apply to your specific property. Other councils are a little less tech savvy, so they'll have online copies but in a PDF form that you download. So they'll have zoning maps and then you can look for your home on that that zoning map and then you can start to understand what codes will apply to your area. Once you understand all the various codes that are applicable for your property, then you can usually read them online too. They're usually freely available for you to have a look through and you can start to dig. But digging is what you will have to do. This is the point that I recommend you call in reinforcements. Some codes, they even bamboozle me with their language. They're written in a type of terminology that only planning consultants can understand. It's like having a lawyer read a contract to you. It all sounds like Latin until you actually get a lawyer to translate it into layman terms. It will depend on your area and the number of planning codes that you need to satisfy for your specific site. This is how I look at it. Look, generally, the more densely built areas, such as inner city urban areas, or the more heritage and original buildings that there are in an area, the more likely you are to have challenging planning rules. These rules will be seeking to protect development in your area and to keep that lovely quirk and quality and character safe. They're honestly probably the reasons that you bought in that area in the first place. But let's just drill down to basics. These planning codes at their most basic level will be determining your building envelope. So what does that mean? What is a building envelope? Well, picture an imaginary skeleton around your home that is the, it's the volume of the maximum allowable height, shape, boundary setbacks and site coverage. This is your permissible building envelope. Your project to be compliant has to sit inside that imaginary volume. Some councils will have other rules that you need to meet as well. Rules about how much square meterage you can build. So even though you might fit inside that imaginary volume, if you've got too many square metres of floor space, you may not meet council rules. There also may be rules about screening and window sizes, which are about protecting and maintaining privacy between homes. If you just keep remembering, your council or state government, they're not out to stop you from building or renovating your home. That's not their only reason for existing, although sometimes it may feel like that when you're trying to get approval for your project. These councils and and planning departments in state governments, they actually exist to protect your area, to preserve its quality and its amenity for all residents. So they want to ensure that each occupant has access in their homes to natural sunlight, and to views at certain times of the day and year. They want to maintain the character and the consistency of your neighbourhood and to ensure that any change that is made by any homeowner is in alignment with the overall plans for its future.
So how do you find out simply what council will let you do? I recommend that you visit your council's website. I've been working with undercover architect clients all over Australia. Each time I need to find out what they're allowed to do, I visit their local council's website. There will be a section called planning an environment or development or something similar. And then there'll be guides, fact sheets or simple pages which answer the questions that most homeowners ask of their council when planning a project. You can also visit your council in person. Council planners actually work inside each council office and some will be available to talk to you in person or over the phone. Sometimes they won't be though, so just ask because it will depend on the council. Don't expect an answer to though uh, an open-ended question like, what can I do on my property? Instead ask, what are the planning codes that apply to work on my site and where can I find a copy to look through them? It's also worthwhile to start talking to the professionals. So I mean town planners and designers that are in the industry. You'll be amazed at how many professionals and consultants will give you information to help you understand what you can and can't do in your project and what the implications are for your approval. Start with those that work in your area because they'll usually have experience and insight into what is and isn't permissible in your neighbourhood. So how long will it take, what will it cost, and how many forms will you have to fill out? As I mentioned earlier, the cost and time parts of achieving approval depend on how much review your submission needs. Put simply, it will really depend on what your plans are for your project. If they're meeting all the rules, you may find that the application is quite simple, a tick and flick, and straightforward. However, I generally find that if you're in a densely built or historic suburb, your pathway may have a few more hurdles. This is usually because there's a higher level of protection and preservation in your area. So you generally then just need to work a little bit harder to justify what you're doing to meet those rules. So do you have to use a professional to help you get your approval? Let me share a common story I hear from disgruntled homeowners. They say, We lodged our development application and it just sat there for months before anyone paid attention to it. Meanwhile, the architect who lives down the road, they got their plans approved in a matter of weeks. They clearly got special treatment. Ah, no. What the architect did have was insider knowledge. Remember, the people that decide on your application, those council town planners, they're real people. They work in their jobs day in, day out. They build relationships with trusted professionals, colleagues both within their business and outside of it, so other colleagues in their industry. And they speak in industry terminology to get their job done. These council town planners expect applications to a certain standard of quality and they like to have everything they need to do their job well. They like to make decisions on development applications simply and confidently. So it's not that the architect got special treatment. The architect would have known who to talk to. The architect knew what drawings to submit, how to draw them and what information to include to make the council town planner's job as simple as possible. The architect probably worked with other consultants so that the application was written in terminology that was relevant and easy to understand for the council planner to make their job to approve it as simple as possible. Chances are the architect had spoken with the planner prior to submitting the drawings. Perhaps the architect had even met with the council planner prior to lodging the application. Did you know that many councils will actually let you do this? They'll let you have a meeting with a town planner before you lodge your application to see if it's likely to get approved. This is called a pre-lodgement meeting. 
Sometimes you have to pay for it. But if you're planning on doing something a little bit tricky or outside of the box, that meeting can be a really useful way of seeing the likelihood of you getting approved or what you might need to do in order to smooth your approval before you've spent money on finalising all of your drawings and paying application fees. So chances are the architect knew who to speak to and how to track the status of the application. The architect would have also been able to make sure that all the information was in there. So no questions had to be asked or information clarified that could delay the application. And the architect also knew how to design a proposal that was more likely to be approved because it would have met and complied with all the local planning regulations. And if not, they would have argued their case very well as to why it should be approved. Again, to make the council town planner's job as simple as possible. Please understand, I will never tell you that an architect is your only option when it comes to creating your renovation or new home. As with any industry, there are those that are great at their job and those that are not. And these, unfortunately, the people that are not great at their job, they still get to hang a shingle and charge money for what they do. What I do encourage you to do is that you do your homework and that you find the right professional for you. It is worth sharing this though. I believe that it's money well spent when you can find a professional that assists you to understand what rules will apply to you and your project, who can then help you create a proposal that innovatively meets these rules and still gives you the home that you dream of. So remember the first question that we start with is, what are you seeking to achieve? And then the second question is, what are you allowed to do? In the next episode, I'll take you through the third question, which is, what can your budget afford? Yes, I know. We were going to get to money at some point, weren't we? <laughs> Instead of feeling, ugh, let's look at how to explore this question to give you some great tools and strategies to get it right in your project. You can head there now as episode three is ready and waiting for you to listen to. Thank you so much for joining me here at Get It Right with Undercover Architect. Now, if you've enjoyed listening, please head to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review. That way you'll be the first to know about new episodes and you'll also help others like you find out about this podcast. And to be honest, who doesn't need help when it comes to renovating and building? If you have friends or family planning their future homes, please share this podcast with them too. Remember to head to the Undercover Architect website at www.undercoverarchitect.com. There you can see more information on podcast topics and you can learn lots more about how to get it right. You can also access downloadable freebies, plus learn more about my online program and one-to-one services. This has been Amelia Lee, The Undercover Architect. Thank you so much for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Looking forward to next time. Bye. Jackrabbit FM. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.